Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 117. Let's roll into week 17 too, which is championship week. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I'm never in as many damn championships as I should be in or want to be in. I, I tweeted this past week, you know, I, I was asking the question, was there was there a lot of like upsets in your, you know, fantasy playoffs? And I think there were because it was just a little bit irregular. There was a lot of stuff that kind of went wonky, obviously hurts being out and a lot of teams that may have been riding some some big time players that that did not have big weeks. So, you know, Devontae Adams, namely. Um, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of an irregular week. So out of 16 Dynasty Leagues, I think I'm in four or five titles and four, I think, really bad. And one of my worst teams, the team that was like the 13th team to make the the, the playoffs, my worst team is in a championship. And uh, we'll see if I can win it. I love it. it. Like I said, it's always like a chip in a chair, just like in poker. You give yourself a chance and, and who knows what can happen. My worst my worst playoff team is in the in the championship, and it's got a live shot against the number one team. So, uh, you know, you never know. So, like like the old advice I've always given is just keep yourself in it if you have a chance. If not, feel free to reset, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. But um, you know, I, I never like stripping it all down unless it's a really shit awful team. Uh, otherwise, just kind of keep yourself keep yourself there because. Sometimes, like like you see, Jalen Hurts goes down. All these things can change in the course of a single season, and all of a sudden, you might be staring at a championship team. So, anyway, maybe you're maybe you're in that position in a few of your leagues. So, good luck to y'all. This is gonna be a fun show. I want to bring out my guest right away and 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 get him on the air with us. I am joined by Daniel Harms this week. You can find Daniel on Twitter at in Harms Way nineteen. He's a fantasy analyst for our friends over at the astronauts at FF underscore astronauts. And his big stuff is on YouTube at RGR football. Go check him out. He does some awesome film analysis and breakdowns on YouTube. That's where you want to go and watch him. Mr. Daniel Harms. Welcome to the program. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I did get a little bit hurt. You were talking about Jalen Hurts. I've got a lot of them this year. And then, yeah. you know, I had the trade for Gardner Minshew mid last week. It was just a, it was a real, uh, just a real fun time that I had. And then my team ends up scoring 110 points and eking its way into the championship game with Ooh. that awful performance. So I'm sitting wow. here like, um, is Jalen going to play this week? Because I could really use him back, give me a chance to win this game. But uh, yeah. again, appreciate you having me on. That's on the show sheet. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts. It's a very interesting decision that the Eagles have. Uh, question, what do you have to give up for uh, Minshew? It was a late, let's see here. It was like a third round pick. Oh, not bad. I and was going to say a second in a 12 to 14 team league is, you know, kind of what you might have to pay. I mean, I would definitely extort your ass if I was in that league. I'd make you pay up on a second or, you know, even a future second, you know, 24 second. I just want to try and get myself in that second round where that pick actually means something. But if you only had to give up a third, I think that's a really, really good play. Yeah, it was a third and like a, a spare change player. Uh, so it wasn't hugely <laughs> no, like costly. I was just able to, to manage manage the game. So I was thinking halfway through, I'm like, you know, maybe they, they push Jalen to play. This is kind of a big game for them. And they ended up not. So I'm like, well, shit. I'm just going to have to go ahead and get through it and get Gardner Minshew. But I, I cannot reasonably say the 25 points that he scored got me into the championship game. So, Absolutely. you know, you do what you got to do. Absolutely. I've said it with Chalk here on a, on a few shows. I said if you could trade a, a 23 second for air, but it guaranteed you in the to win the chip, you'd do it. You know what I mean? In other exactly. words – you know, you don't know that Gardner Minshew is going to guarantee you a chip, but the 23 third or whatever, 24, whatever, the, whatever you paid is worth it if you win it. You know what I mean? Now, if you don't, yeah, you're exactly. looking back and go, should have never done that. It's like, no, you, you didn't know. So <laughs> you can't say that. You have to say, you know, what gives me the best chance of winning the goddamn exactly. thing? You know, that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if, you know, I, I've, 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 I've changed my tune a little bit in Dynasty where I don't like making all in moves early in the season. Just mm-hmm. because so much can change. You know, if you've got Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey, and you're like, dude, if I just trade for, you know, running back X, I could win it all. What if Jefferson and McCaffrey get hurt or something? Yeah, you know, yeah. well, then that's a bad idea. Then your whole fucking plan is is shot. So a lot of times I like doing that late. Um, we did have the 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 trade deadline conversation last week. I'll ask you quickly, yes or no to trade deadline and dynasty. I'm like I'm in the middle a little bit. Like I've got some like I this is my first year that has as many dynasty leagues that I've had, and I do have one that does not have a trade deadline. I gotta say, being able to trade for a for a Gardner Minshew last yeah. week it, midway through this the you know your semifinal week, it's a nice benefit to have. I also understand those that are like, well, look, the NFL players can't do it. How fair would it be for the people to just trade? halfway through the postseason for like a star player like i understand that too but i think it really kind of depends on how your your leagues are set up i like them for redraft i prefer to have, yes, have trade to. deadlines for redraft you have to yeah. um but for dynasty I, i'm kind of starting to lean towards not having them yeah i'll be mm-hmm. honest well, obviously for redraft it's like you know if a team's out of it literally what are they yeah they have nothing to gain so there's no there's no possibility of yeah. a trade partner. You just can't do it. It's it has to be a trade deadline. Matter of fact, it almost it's really really sketchy because you could be up on the trade deadline. A team's zero and ten. They shouldn't be trading shit to nobody. You know no. what I mean? Like exactly. I'm not saying that they can. It's a legal thing. That it's just fucked up. So in a redraft league, the trade deadline and the whole trade collusion thing is even more wonky. But oh, in yeah. dynasty, that dude's gonna have to have that team next year too. So yeah. what? He's not just going to, you know, he's got to do the best thing for himself 
so so that's how it goes. I mean, you know, uh, Chalk runs a bunch of Chalk Leagues, which are like more public and like, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody knows everybody. The commissioner doesn't know everybody. So it opens you up to more collusion and uh, maybe some people exploiting others, things like that, which I understand you want to have a little bit of a, you know, a cushion against that type of thing. But if you know all the dudes in your league, dude, there should not be a trade deadline in your <laughs> dynasty league yeah. at all, because this you. is an opportunity for you to exploit. Like, you know, you really needed Minshew. If I were, yeah. if I were trading Minshew, I'd be like, dude, a 23 second is fine. You're going to be fine. It's a late second, mm-hmm. pay the piper, get your guy and move to the finals. And you'd be like, Okay. <laughs> and much. I would too. If I were if I needed Minshew, I'd be like, yeah, fine. Just give me the motherfucker and let's get this thing over with. So I can exactly. you know. So it's that simple. And that guy who has Minshew wasn't gonna get a 23 second for Minshew at any other time, nor mm, in the offseason. Yeah. So it is an opportunity for win-win. It's not just exploitation, so to speak. It it is definitely win-win. So I'm a big, uh, big proponent of of no trade deadline in Dynasty. Absolutely. I love, I love the flexibility. Like I said, I, I did, this is my first year with doing it that way. And I really like, especially if you have a shot, like I didn't think I would have a shot in that, in that matchup, but when you get closer to pressing that timeline, you're just like, okay, well let's go for it. Why not? You're in a semifinal. You have an opportunity. You're still going to have hurts next year. And like you said, if, if you do get extorted for a second, whatever, who cares? Yeah. You got to go. You got to try. This is the yeah. semifinal. You got to go for it. Yep. Got to go for it. Um, speaking of going for it, I know a team that is currently not, going for it (laughs) yeah that is the las vegas raiders they are not going for shit they are going for absolutely nothing even after their rip the heart out game against my stupid ass awful new england patriots they still are going nowhere and Derek carr is benched and banished holy shit i said it last week daniel i'll ask you now this opens the door for brady gronk Vegas 2023 what do you think I think it it opens the door for sure that just it really depends on what the Raiders are willing to do for their short-term goals you know what I mean like this team needs a lot the defense is not good the offensive line is bad we're talking about Brady going to a team that again would have to invest a large amount in that offensive line look what happened this year in Tampa Bay he had no time to throw the football for a guy who gets the ball out faster than just about any quarterback in the NFL he couldn't do anything behind that offensive line. The run game needs to be there. And if Josh Jacobs doesn't come back, which, I mean, I would imagine that with the way that he's playing, if they're going in all in, Jacobs has to be part of that formula because of what he did this season. So um, we all know that Rob Gronkowski now has kind of been dealing with this. I'm just going to throw stuff into the wind and let you guys take what you love will it. from it. It's love it. I, I love it too. Like this is the drama that the NFL needs. Like, Oh, I'm kind of bored over here. But I'm not going to say anything until next season. Like, come on, man. Just give us a little something. But, yeah, it definitely opens the door. I don't think that Derek Carr is going to be back in Las Vegas. Certainly doesn't look like it. Excusing himself from the team for the last two weeks to not be a distraction. Come on. Just just miss me with that shit, Derek. We all know that you don't want to be a part of this team anymore because you're getting cut the day after the Super Bowl. We all know it. So you don't get that however much money it is, it's guaranteed. So yes, I I definitely don't see it out of the question at all. It really does depend on their short-term goals if that outweighs what they have for the rest of, you know, Las Vegas, but they want to make money. Tom Brady is going to make a ton of money if he ends up going to Las Vegas. Yeah, there was a there was a tweet, and uh, it was right before they announced it uh, that he was going to sit the last two games. It was um, I forgot who did it, so sorry not to not credit whoever yeah. uh, said it. it Might have been even Underdog. Uh, they might have been 
you know, refabricating the tweet, mm-hmm. uh, the original. But it was basically that Derek Carr's, you know, contract for next year is fully guaranteed if um, if he gets hurt in the last two games. So oh, it's yeah. like, well, that means he ain't playing. <laughs> Get his ass out. You know, right? It's like crazy yeah. that that was part of the contract. So whatever, they were like, yeah, fucking, so you're – not going to play because you can't. <laughs> we're going to put you in bubble wrap, ship you out. You can't even get hurt at practice. You the fuck out of here. You know, <laughs> we're not paying your ass next year. So I thought that was awesome and amazing. And now we get the Jared Stidham oh, uh, experience. Uh, I will ask you, uh, you know, this Raider team. Uh, let me say it this way. I mean, we're going to go to another team that I wouldn't be playing anybody. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like I don't want to play a single player on this Raider team in this in this championship week. And that might even include Devontae Adams. I know if you have Devontae, you effectively have to play him. But yeah. boy, oh boy, it's tough to to put a to put a Raider out on the field this week against this defense. Am I right? You're not wrong. It's a tough it's a tough spot for any of these Raiders players. Jacobs can get you. Jacobs is a little bit, at least this season, a little bit like Nick Chubb. You want to play him no matter what, because he always has that ability to score a touchdown. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, and he just has it. Like Nick Chubb can take a 60 yarder at just about any time from anywhere on the field. I think Jacobs, this specifically this year has that upside in him too. Contract year is undefeated. You know, that's just what it is. And this is a contract year for yeah. Josh Jacobs. He's playing like a guy who wants to not only get paid, but to be one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. I know it's a devalued position, but he has put a nice number on it this season. But again, the offensive line's bad. Jarrett Stidham, the defense is one he's full of the ball. Yeah. This is this is the Las Vegas Raiders throwing Jared Stidham to the Wolves against the 49ers defense. This is literally the best defense in the NFL. It's the right. best one. It's the best one. Yes. And they're, they're gonna be like, okay, so we have Jared Stidham throwing the football or Josh Jacobs running. We're going to go ahead and check the box of Jared Stidham throwing the football yeah, and we're going to stop yes. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, we're going to just we're going to stop Josh Jacobs, make this kid throw, make this kid throw over and over again. Yeah. It's not like the the Vegas defense is going to, you know, stymie this uh the 49ers offense yeah. either, you wouldn't think yeah. at least. And so they're going to get some points. It's going to create a Stidham situation where he's got to throw it I mean, I do not like anything here. I mean, maybe a little garbage time, soft shell stuff where it's just, you know, they they get there late, you know, like Devontae's got shit by the third Mm -hmm. quarter, but in the fourth quarter, he gets five catches for 58. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But I don't, and maybe some dump offs to Jacobs. I mean, there could be some garbage time here, but I don't see a pathway to a shootout or a competitive game in this one. Uh, San Francisco doesn't have a huge amount of, um, you know, uh, motivation to play because they're kind of locked in a little bit, but I suppose it's possible they could move up. But either way, point of the matter is, is like, they're still going to be way better than this fucking team. Um, Mm -hmm. And Stidham's scary as hell. I'll ask you this way. You know, you look at Josh Jacobs this week, if you had some other players, like let's say you have McCaffrey and Jacobs. Okay. You're playing Mm -hmm. McCaffrey. Let's say you have Dalvin and Jacobs. Okay. You're playing Dalvin, whatever. Okay. But Jacobs at your, at your running back too, what if you had Jarek McKinnon? This starts to become pretty interesting. McKinnon's been lights out. And against his Denver team, I don't know. What do you think? Would you would you play McKinnon over Jacobs this week? It's a fun little conversation to have because Jarek McKinnon scored six touchdowns over the last four weeks or something like that. He's yeah. been putting the ball in the end zone, and he's become a huge focal point of the passing offense too. It's not just he's getting lucky touchdowns. 
he is the third option. He's the clear third option. He's gotten the third most targets over the last five or six weeks, uh, just behind, you know, Travis yes. Kelsey and Juju Schuster. So this isn't just, uh, okay, we're just going to dump the ball up to him and he finally gets behind some offensive line and takes it. You know, he is a focal point of the passing offense. This yes. is a one-two punch running back where you have the workhorse on the ground, which is Isaiah Pacheco. You know, McKinnon gets some carries, but he is out there to catch or to get seven, eight, nine targets a game. Yes. That's hugely valuable. And with Mahomes against this terrible Denver defense, I mean, I don't like to say this out loud, but I'm just going to start Jerick McKinnon over Josh Jacobs because that touchdown upside for this week and over the last month, it's there in this team, again, against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't want to play any of them. And that's I'm leaning more to starting him even over Jacobs if they're kind of competent. This is a better defense. I think I would still play McKinnon over Jacobs because of that gravity that he's going to cause like people can't just stop jerk mckinnon that's not no. what this is about you that's can right. say we're effectively going to try and take away josh jacobs and make jerk Stidham beat us no matter what defense that is and so that's why i mean just jerk mckinnon's got a ton a ton of championship value this week and really has for the last month and a half yeah and his floor is nice it, i i mentioned it uh last week on the pod and it's kind of funny i said if you just tell me jerk mckinnon's gonna get five targets that's all i want to know yep, five it. or more i'm playing him Yep, Be- exactly. because at five targets, he's going to catch four balls mathematically. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, and f- for 40 yards. OK, well, that's the floor then. You know, at that point, I'm, I'm looking at basically a, an eight point floor. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Exactly. It's perfect. You know, that's fine. And, and at five plus targets, that means it's possibly gets in the end zone. It's possibly ran the ball once or twice. Yeah. Like. Literally, all I need to know is that he's getting the five targets, and then I'll play his ass basically as a a back-end running back one. Um, There's only been like two games in the past like eight weeks where he hasn't gotten to like six targets. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell even happened there because he actually played a pretty good snap share but didn't get the targets, which is – that's the scary thing is the floor because if he doesn't get the targets for whatever stupid-ass game flow reason, (laughs) then he's a zero candidate, you know? Yeah. Uh, which you don't want in your championship week, whereas Jacobs is very unlikely to be a zero candidate. He has a very good chance of going under five, though, like where it's like, you know, 18 carries for 42 yards, no fucking touchdown. You know, it's like it could get a little ugly for his ass, but he also gets some targets in that game, and I think Stidham will check down a bit. And so that for that reason, Jacobs is not a zero play either. I think he's still a back-end running back one. I would play him... I don't know. Let me ask you this one tonight. We'll, we'll shift to this game tonight okay. in, uh, in Tennessee, Zeke will have the backfield to himself yep. in a very similar matchup, at least to what Jacobs is facing a good defense, or at least a good rush defense. Um, you know, Zeke shouldn't, uh, project to have a big, you know, hundred yard game, but I think he's more likely to find the end zone. Would you play Zeke tonight? If you had Jacobs in the, in the holster, or would you just wait? That's a tough one. That's you know, a Zeke, tough one. Zeke hasn't scored over 20 points this whole season. Right. He's been, uh, you know, a, pretty much a, a 13 to 17 point score, especially the last like month, of, uh, month of the season too, but he's Pollard been getting, getting in the end zone. And again, Pollard, you said, and that's the thing with Dak too. He's going to check the ball down to his yeah. running backs. And we know over the course of his career, as well as everywhere in these two running backs in Denver, or excuse me, in Dallas, they get the ball thrown to them. Yeah. And that's the thing. And the one thing that cannot be underestimated is the trust factor that Dak has. Not, not just Dak, but the entire team has Ezekiel Elliott. It's right. been there. It will always be there. So we know that the floor 
for him yep. is probably pretty high. He's going to yeah. get a lot of carries, and the offensive line starting to get a little bit healthier. And that's again against a team that essentially is not playing tonight. The Tennessee right. Titans tonight or the Thursday, they're not playing. They're like, right. okay, um, we know that the only chance we have is to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. Bingo. So we're going to try to get healthy. This seems like a game where I think Zeke could even get 100 yards rushing. He might see the volume, but he also, he's cracked off a couple 20-plus yard runs this year. He's looked a little bit better now that he's healthy. I think that the passing volume for him is going to be key in getting him to that 20-point margin, but that's what you're hoping for. The The floor for him is probably 10, 12, 13. And again, if you're talking about a back-end RB1, higher RB2, I think that that's a safe play. I don't think I'm playing him over Jacobs, though. It's and close. I, I it, might. It's really close. <clears throat> Excuse me. I keep I keep choking. Yeah. Uh, I think I might. You know, it's a um, – because here's – you said it. Well, as you're talking, I started thinking. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Tennessee's not playing tonight. You're, yeah. You said that, and that was what stuck with me. It's, you're right. They're, they're kind of thrown in the towel this week. It's, it's just a get Derrick Henry off the field. They're going to be – uh, showcasing Hassan Haskins and my man Julius Chestnut in the mm-hmm. backfield. No Hilliard, he's out. Um, so, I mean, oh, by the way, with the news that just broke, I moved Malik Willis down one spot in my weekly rankings from from quarterback 32 to quarterback 33 because he's not playing. Uh, so he moves down one <laughs> slot. Just one <laughs> slot. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh Dobbs will take that number 32 spot. My God. Like, could you imagine? Show me the league. Please, someone hit me up on Twitter. Show me the league where Josh Dobbs is starting for you in a meaningful game. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> we talked a little bit before the show. There is 0.0 chance I'm playing any Tennessee None. Titan whatsoever under any circumstance whatsoever. You you with that? Period. Absolutely not. I'm not. If I if I even have many of them outside right. of Derrick Henry, which I don't, I can tell you right. that right now. No, I don't even have any Malik Willis. There was nothing I wanted to do with him coming it's all out bad. of Liberty. Just no thanks. But yeah, right now we're talking again. Josh Jobs, a guy who yeah, he's probably one of the smartest players ever to play in the NFL in terms of an uh, you know a rocket scientist. He's like that level of of guy. But this is an NFL. We've seen him play for the Pittsburgh Steelers a few yeah. years ago. He's been out what since. He hasn't played a snap in the NFL for two over two years now. I mean, bad recipe. Come on now. Hey, this what does that a- say about Malik Willis when that's the guy they're starting over your ass? I mean, it is bad. Malik looks bad. lost out there, and in 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 his defense, it's not surprising. He was a raw prospect with elite athleticism, but not elite processing or anything like that. None of that was part of what we were, what we were going to see with him. We were kind of hoping, or at least I was kind of hoping for an offense that would be akin to late rookie season, Lamar Jackson, where he ran it 20 times and you know, that type of thing, that RPO (laughs) where he's just a, 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 an extra running back who sometimes throws it, but that's not what they did with him. And it, I mean, it's just, it's not good. And he's going to need to find, I don't know what it is. Some, I don't know. What's he going to need to find? Uh, an offense that's going to use his legs. This doesn't make yeah. any sense. You have, he, honestly, as a floor rushing quarterback, he's a 
probably a top four, top three type of talent on the ground. Yeah. That's how fast and how good he is from a runner, but they don't want him to run the football. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. So obviously from a standpoint of the offense, okay, we want someone who can run the offense, but not have to run the ball a ton. That's why they went to Josh Dobbs. Like Dobbs can run from time to time. He's not going to be out there just running a ton, but they wanted someone who can just operate an offense and not have to be leaning into it. That speaks a lot in my opinion, to the offensive coordinator being unable to manufacture an offense around an athletic, talented player in Malik Willis than it says about them moving from him to Josh Dobbs. It, it feels like they're just like handcuffed and we're like, we can't move off this offense, so we need somebody else that can run it right now. And Malik Willis needs a year plus to be able to do so. So um, it's it's not a good look for the organization more, in my opinion, than it is for Malik Willis. But again, that's it's splitting hairs at this point. He's yeah. got a lot. He always had a lot of work to do to become yes. an NFL quarterback. And right. this does set him behind the eight ball again. And it's not just his fault. It's the offensive coordinators as well. Really? He needs to be like a backup to one of those, one of those guys, a fields yes, or absolutely. a Lamar. Um, you know, that's about it. Maybe hurts even, but not even really. I mean, cause yeah. hurts is starting to become so much more uh, as we'll get yeah, to that in exactly. a moment. But, but I got a question for you here. You know, th- there's there's a few games this week. If you go through this week's games, there's a few games that, that are shootouts that you can actually target in fantasy. There's a few games where there's actually meaning behind the games. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember, like, in the last two weeks, 15, 16, right, it felt like the, the playoffs were sort of, quote-unquote, decided way earlier than ever. Did, did, did you kind of notice that this year? Yeah, it's weird. Like, this doesn't... It really feels like there. Usually, there's more meaningful games, like you said. Like this, <laughs> yeah. just kind of feels like everyone's just waiting for the playoffs to start. Yeah. Like the, the Tennessee Titans, are like we don't have to play this week. We're gonna play next week. Uh, it, it's really weird. The seeds are locked in. I know that the Bills and the Chiefs are kind of, kind you know, of, you know, you know, locked in, trying to trying to to play their guys for the one seed because if the you know Bills lose on Monday night and the Chiefs went out, they'll have the one seed, and the Bills obviously want that too. But yeah, the Bengals, I can't do anything else to move their spot really. The Chiefs' schedule down the stretch is now the giving up Raiders and the Broncos. So, yeah. like, it's it's weird. The, the schedule worked out in, in a way that the the teams that are in their spots are, are pretty much in their spots, and there's not so a whole much, lot of yeah. movement. So it's been like that for a couple weeks, and then last week, all the teams that had a chance to like make the playoffs, all of them lost. Like every last except one the of Packers, them. yeah, except <laughs> the Packers, buddy. I, we're gonna get there. I love this yeah. Packers team now. I want That's them in the weird. playoffs so bad. Um, speaking of teams that might be in the playoffs, the one in meaningful game: Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes. at the Carolina Panthers. The the surging Carolina Panthers who <laughs> laid the fucking smackdown on Oof. my Detroit Lions. I thought my Detroit Lions were gonna make the playoffs, and they got fucking smoked and curb stomped by Carolina last week, which I didn't really see coming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Detroit had been giving it up in the air, but not really on the ground. Oh, they yeah. gave it up on the ground last week. What did you think about that game? And, uh, you know. I mean, good Lord. I had, uh, you know, I live in Missouri, so I can't legally bet on, on games. So I was in Kansas and I'm like, you know what? I can legally bet here. So I I took the Lions and I got like, they should they should smack around. Nope. They no. what the Panthers did, they got to the edge 
And that's really the, the, the weakness of the Detroit Lions defense. Our linebackers aren't that great at recognizing not just where the ball is, but they, they don't have that that edge speed. Like you, you mm. see guys like Devin White in Tampa Bay who just see a, see a run to the outside. That's not going anywhere because he has that yeah. speed to get there. Lions don't really have that. So the Panthers were just like, hey, let's just attack the edges. And then Sam, by the way, if you yep. guys haven't watched the game, Sam Darnold did what Sam Darnold does. He made some I can't understand throws. Some yes. things the the talent has always been there with Darnold, but mentally he's just like, oh, I want to throw three interceptions in this game or something like that. But he had some really nice moments in this game that has like started to pique my interest again. And I'm just like, did, did Don't you know do his again. his EPA per drop back is second only to Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> I don't he did the, that doesn't even make any sense through three weeks last year everyone was like sam donald's back right i, I know i was he was rushing the ball he was rushing touchdown guy yes. um and then you know it all went to shit but sam darnold again if you guys haven't seen that go just kind of go back and flip through some of the throws that he made in that game and you're going to get intrigued once again that, that that game was so weird from a lion's perspective they just kind of fell apart their offense couldn't move the ball very well until the end of the game. I know that Jared Goff had the best actual quarterback performance statistically in terms of fantasy-wise that the Panthers have given up over the last month plus, which is funny to think about that yeah. Jared Goff was able to do it. But that's, again, speaks more to the offense. That was also in a little bit of catch-up garbage time. And you yeah, mentioned the, the getting to the edge and, you know, it, it's not as easy against a guy against a guy like Devin White. And guess who they go up against this week at home – Carolina's at home. They get to go against that defense with Devin White and company uh, in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who who wins this game? I mean, what the hell, man? I love this game. It's like it's such a shit bag game because they're both like losing record, awful teams. But like one of them's going to make the fucking playoffs. Yeah, Host know, the right? playoff game. Carolina versus Tampa Bay. Who's going to win that game? I mean, you can't even go by what we saw last time either because that was another fluky game. I don't even know what team shows up, though. Like, if the Carolina Panther team that showed up last week shows up, I think they beat the, the Buccaneers. I don't know if there's much to say about that. Tom Brady waits until – the offense waits until the last, like, 10 minutes of the fourth quarter to wake up. And I don't know if you can do that against this defense. They've been playing pretty well, and uh, Sam Tarnold's been playing pretty decently, too. They're on a rushing attack even withstanding with all they've had. You know, they've got some decent weapons, too. They're using Terrace Marshall more now. Like, there's a little resurgence going on in Carolina. So, I don't like saying it because I know I can never, you know, never count out Tom Brady. But I think the Panthers do win again on, yeah. in this in this game. I think they're going to beat They're them. at home. It's going to be tough. I, I agree. There's, there's definitely a pathway where you just see, like, Tampa Bay get absolutely smacked in this game, right? Yeah. Where <laughs> yeah, Carolina right. – no, and I mean that, like, because – the days of Tampa Bay smacking teams is over. Like that was a, it's crazy yeah. because a lot of people say, Oh, you should have seen this coming. Tom Brady's 45 years old. Well, should we have not seen it coming at 44 when he put up an MVP season? He should right. have won the MVP last year. I agree. I mean, he was outstanding, led the league in like touchdown passes and yards and everything. Like he was incredible. Um, this year, similar weapons. I know the offensive line to me and Maybe, you know, there's some coaching issues. I mean, I don't know what Absolutely. the hell. They, they seem a bit predictable. They they don't run as much play action as they should, of course. You know, I, I'm not so sure that the that the scheme and the game plan is, is all that good. And the offensive line, especially the interior. We know Tom Brady does not like pressure up the middle. It's mm -hmm. not what he, you know, he, he can actually navigate some pressure on the edge. Yes. He's great at stepping up in the pocket. He's great at, you know, climbing the pocket. He's great 
at maneuvering within the pocket, but if it's in his face, he's not good at flushing and leaving the pocket. That's not his game. No. So, you know, I think it's really, he loves to have that strong guard play and center play up front, but they have not had that. That being said, I, I can see if you told me a team wins by 14, I'd pick Carolina, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. It's It really is hard to, to bet <laughs> against Brady. In this game, now that we are talking fantasy, can you trust Brady as a even a back end QB one in a championship week, or are you kind of hands off here? Or what what do we do with Tom Brady in, in, in fantasy if you've got him? Yeah, I don't think you can trust him as a as a quarterback one. Like if he's your starting quarterback, and even as a super flex, I think he's more of a QB two kind of guy because this game, while it's a big game, you talked about it. The offensive line up the middle still isn't very good, no. and the coaching issues are a big problem. Like we, I personally have watched multiple Tampa Bay games this year. There are some big miscommunications between the wide receivers being on the same page with Tom Brady that didn't happen last year. And that's a problem. And especially in these big games. And I can't say that it's not happening in Carolina because it is, they're finding ways to make it work. And I think their defense is better than Tampa Bay's. They've been able to, their defense has been pretty susceptible lately. I think that that's been a big problem. They've been able to get run on a little bit here and there. I do think that Tampa Bay's trying to work back the run game. You know, Leonard Fournette getting, what, 10 plus targets a week is is fun for him. But Tom Brady's having to do that because they can't air the ball out like they want to be able to do. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Carolina. So no, in short, you can't trust him. If you have to, yeah, you got to fly it. But this is one of the first years in a while that you've not been able to trust Tom Brady as a QB1. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but here's the thing. Check this out. So I think uh, when we go through the quarterbacks, obviously Mahomes is a is a lock button at 101, you know, at the QB1. Yeah, for sure. You know, the Josh Allen, Joe Burrow game is going to be great for yes. fantasy points. We would think in Cincinnati on Monday night, you know, that's going to be a – pseudo playoff game i mean these two teams you know we're going to get there to this game but that game is sort of fulfilling the the week 17 dfs promise that it fulfilled uh justin fields i heard peter overzet say he'd play him as his quarterback one even over patrick mahomes this week in such a good matchup i don't hate it justin fields is a play dak prescott tonight is a good play but maybe not a great play because they could just curb stomp tennessee and be done with it that's my only concern is it won't shoot out back and forth Dak may just have low volume numbers. That's a concern for me mm-hmm. playing Dak in a, in a in a Super Bowl myself. Uh, Herbert, obviously a great matchup at at home, <laughs> whatever yeah, <right>. against the <laughs> against the Rams. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I I tweeted it is now elite. He's amazing. Uh, yep, Kirk Cousins, sure. Aaron Rodgers, another shootout game. Okay, that's nine. Just so you know, I'm just yeah. you know trying to get there. Jared Goff, I guess is ten. But yeah, here, here's the next group of guys. Goff. Minshew, Mike White, Daniel Jones, Tom Brady, Geno Smith. Like, that's 10 through 15-ish. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. Like, my point is, is <laughs> Tom Brady is kind of – he's on the wider uh, quarterback 1-2 spectrum. And, you yeah. know, you've got some tough mat, uh, tough decisions there. Like, would you play Mike White at Seattle or Tom Brady at home against Carolina? I play Mike White, and that's just because the defense in yeah. Seattle is so bad. Yeah. And I again, we've watched Mike White operate in offense. They have weapons. Yeah. They have weapons, and, and that's not saying Tampa Bay doesn't because they obviously do. But I, Mike White's been getting the ball out, and, yep. and he's been putting he can, can put up points. And the, I'm not even saying that he's going to explode, but right. I think that the reasonable 
the me reasoning is that he can get to 20 points better than Tom Brady can get yeah. to 20 points. That's yeah. what that's what I see. And what about the other side of it? Geno Smith uh, mm-hmm. at home against the Jets or Tom Brady? I play Tom Brady. And yes. that's because the, the opposite factors going in going on in Seattle lost Tyler Lockett. Their offensive line is getting worse. The run game is getting worse. Geno is cooling off. The offense itself is cooling off. So you have to kind of read the room that they're pretty yeah. much out of the playoffs right yep. at this point. <clears throat> at least Tom Brady is still trying to get in. He's still trying to fight for it. So in that instance, I'm definitely playing Tom Brady. Do you like the Jets to go into Seattle and win then? I do. Sounds like it, right? I do. I don't think that they're going to be able to do much against that defense. That They couldn't do much against Kansas City's defense. And as a Kansas City fan and a Kansas City analyst, I'll tell you what, that defense, it's not great by any stretch. They have a lot of young guys. And excuse me, Seattle couldn't couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. So I don't see them winning that game. Well, let's talk about that that first one. The Bears at the Lions mm-hmm. is a. There's like three three great games to That's target. Kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the highest point total. Uh, you know, for the betting lines in Vegas. You know, for Vegas, uh, is Bears at Lions. This this game is <laughs> supposed to be a shootout. They have a very very. Each team has a very high implied to, uh, point total, and it's Justin Fields versus Jared Goff. And you know, it's funny because you look to this game and you say, okay, I want to find. You know, it's the highest point total of, mm-hmm. of the week. Well, let me find some some points. And it's like, okay, Amon Ra. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> where, it's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, where else here? Let's see. You know, so it's like Jamal Williams, Amon Ra, Justin Fields. I don't know, man. What the fuck? Where's his points coming from? Like, you know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know man. It's going to be very interesting to see where Shane these Zellstra. damn points That's get That's where the points are coming from. Scores three touchdowns last week. Comes out of nowhere. That's, That's the thing about the Lions offense. Yeah. You actually don't, outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, flip a coin. The guy off the practice squad could score two touchdowns this week. That's what Ben Johnson is doing in Detroit. It doesn't yes. matter. They're doing, he's done a great job. He's going to get some, uh, I think he's going to get some head coaching jobs offers because yeah. of what he's done. But I don't know if he'll take it. I think maybe this, this, Wait another year before yeah. he takes that job. That game, it's going to be fun. But like you said, who's scoring these points? I don't know. I don't know who's going to score. Maybe Brock Wright comes in. You have I don't know if uh, Jamal Williams is going to play. He's been injuring. He's been uh, dealing with an injury this week. Um, he probably will play. But we assume that De- you know DeAndre Swift will eventually pop off. The usage yeah. was there last week. Yep. Didn't do anything with it, yep. and that's been the concern for DeAndre Swift. He needs the explosive plays to be impactful for fantasy. They're getting the explosive plays lately, so it's a uh, it's kind of hard to trust him, especially with the injury history and the uh, it's it's weird. So I I, I want to watch this game, but I'm really like you said, I'm trying to figure out where these points are coming. from. I know Justin Fields is going to just run all over this defense. You would think Cole Komet, you know, everyone expects him to have a, everyone expected him to have a good, good good game last week. Where'd that come from? No yeah. pass catchers. It didn't happen. Will it happen this week? I mean, the lines linebackers like we talked about aren't very good. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to, you know, he's going to score a ton of points. Right. So I don't necessarily see Jared Goff running for a ton of yards in this game. So I'm, I'm very interested to see where the point totals come from. Yeah. I think you got to kind of play <clears throat> fields alone, because there's no uh, Chicago pass catcher that's worth playing in any sort of confident way. For sure. Um, you know, certainly Monty is probably a very good play here. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Is Khalil Herbert all the way back or. I can't imagine playing Khalil Herbert 
uh, no, you know, burn. right? So, I mean, it's like he may have a big game. It's, it could be like, oh, he's back. Look, he's healthy. He finally just needed a week to get back. Whatever. <laughs> but you can't play him. And no. then it's like Amon Ra and Chark. But other than that, it's like, I mean, Amon Ra should have a huge game. Mm-hmm. Goff should be able to score some. But I, I fear this game could could let down a little bit. You know, it could be one of those, you know, it's a divisional game type of thing. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see it run. Out. But the one that I think will shoot out, the, the game that I think will actually shoot out is the Vikings at the Packers. And I think there's going to be a lot of points to be scored here. Um, I really like Aaron Rodgers in this game. I really like Kirk Cousins in this game. I think it's going to be yeah. one of those games. Like, both teams need it. The Vikings definitely want to knock this fucking Packers team out. For sure. And the Packers are feeling their oats right now. This is a this is an Aaron Rodgers game where he's thinking, dude, we win too, we're in, right? Like, let's go get these. Let's fuck this, you know, Vikings team. This is a you know divisional matchup. There's good, it's going to be a great game to watch, visually pleasing in Green Bay. Like, I love this game for a ton of reasons. Uh, obviously, a lot of fantasy points could get scored. Dalvin with a great matchup. Um, I, I, you know, there's a little bit of Jones, uh, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon question mark, but, uh, what are you looking for in this game? I'm looking for Aaron Rodgers continuing to look like Aaron Rodgers. He was yeah. so befuddling early in the season, but I think we can attribute that to a lot of growing pains with young players. I yep. think we can safely assume that he was like, I don't want to throw to these fucking guys. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't have a clue. And then that game, everyone remembers the big Christian Watson blow up. He was like, well, I have no one to throw the fucking ball to. So I'm going to live with a couple drops and I'm going to keep going back to him. That is what did it. That's what clicked Aaron Rodgers back in. That's what clicked Christian Watson in. In my opinion, he needed trust. He needed that, that from the quarterback. And now he's growing, not just as a usage player, but as a real player, Christian Watson looks more comfortable. He looks like an NFL wide receiver. He didn't look like an NFL wide receiver coming in or for most of the season he was playing. He looks like he understands, oh, hey, there's open space. I'm a really good athlete. Let me find that open space and take advantage of it. They've done a really good job. Obviously, you're still going to have some hiccups there with him finding the football. That's always that was the biggest thing coming out that I was talking about. That dude cannot track to save his life. And he still can't right. do it. He still can't track it perfectly, but he's he's getting better and he's growing in that. So at least that's I'm looking for the connection there to keep growing. I think Romeo Dobbs is live to have a, a nice game again, the second game back from injury. And he was or third game back now at this point, I think. Yeah, third game. So I think that that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but again, did, is this gonna be another uh, KJ Osborne game? Like someone Eddie. else has to step up. And the way that the Packers defense has been susceptible to just about every receiver that they play against, you have to figure that KJ Osborne is going to be a focal point, especially after what Justin Jefferson did to this defense earlier. They're going to be like, all right, look, we can't let this dude do it again. And we saw what that happened, what that was like with the Indianapolis Colts, where someone has to make a play. And KJ Osborne finally did. I do think TJ Hawkinson's also live. Adam Thielen probably scores a touchdown, but he doesn't yeah, right. do much. Anymore. He just always right. finds a way to score a touchdown, yeah. but he just never does much outside. Like I said, this could be a lot of fun. I'm really going to have this on my probably on my big screen if it's not you know during the Chiefs game, which uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this is the big screen TV one game. Um, by the way, Cousins, I, I had tweeted this this uh, this week of their 12 wins. He has eight fourth quarter comeback game winning drives. Eight Damn. out of twelve wins. Kirk Cousins. That's that's something that I guarantee you ninety five percent of people wouldn't have guessed. Ninety five. <laughs> no idea. Eight 
out of 12 wins, it's wow. like just Kirk Cousins greatness. You know, it's like, I mean, I know people just love to hate on this guy. I guess it's because he's got that punchable face or something. I don't know what it is, yeah, but like people love to hate on this guy. I know he's got the, the, the big game moniker where, you know, he shrinks in, in primetime, which is mathematically correct. Like that is yes, not even yeah. a, a story we tell that's fucking happens. So like, uh, I don't know, man, it's just so weird with this guy. Cause he's been so, so good. Like, I mean, if for fantasy, the whole thing, he's just been great for so long mm-hmm. yet. I don't know. He, he, he just gets hate on so much and it's a, it's a big week for him um, at this Packers. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it'll be a ton of fun to see those two guys. And it is absolutely, you're just waiting for the cousins, like, 12 for 32 for 182 yards, three <laughs> picks. Like, right? You, you can see We've it all happening. For it. You can see it coming. And then they're like, see, I told you he's awful. It's like eight comeback wins. I don't know. So, but I can see it coming. By the way, Justin Jefferson could also become the most prolific re- single season receiver yeah. of all time in this one, both yards and, and receptions uh, this season could happen. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm pretty sure that he – is aware. I'm pretty sure that the team is aware, you know, there's no way they're not. I wonder if they force the issue a little bit with him in this game. What do you think about that thought? Yeah, this is a, one of those, I think that you have to force other, someone else to beat you. I I think that in a game like this, the Packers look, we we don't, we don't have a choice. We have to win this game and other things have to happen and we have to win out in order for us to get in the playoffs. So the best chance at that happening is by making sure that Justin Jefferson doesn't, doesn't beat you. Guess what? That's how good Justin Jefferson is. It doesn't <laughs> really right. matter. And I yeah. do think that they've done a good job schematically of saying, we understand he's going to get a ton of defensive gravity. Like, this is what he does. He generates a ton of attention. So then they've done a good job of moving him around and finding ways to get him open. And, and again, if you're the Packers, <clears throat> I think you have to do what Bill Belichick did back when, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill were destroying teams. You have to... You have to double him. You have to yes. shade that safety. You have to get that much attention and then stick your number one corner on their best guy. Take two of your lesser players, put them on Justin Jefferson and say, just take him out. I don't care what you got to do. Just take him out. And then you, you, you figure that out. I don't think that's going to happen myself uh, because for whatever reason, <laughs> defensive coordinators are too proud to yeah. say that we just need to take this guy out and force other people to beat us. And that doesn't typically happen. You see Bill Belichick, you know, swallow his pride a lot and say, I don't really care. I'm going to make sure that you can't beat me with this really, really good player. But Justin Jefferson, just really quickly, how impressive has he been in terms of he's, I think he's going to go down as one of as an all time great, not just with the season, but what he's doing. And I know a lot of people talked about him coming out as a, slot receiver which yeah. i mean <laughs> honestly if you watched his game you understood that he really understood how to manipulate corners and you if you can do that from the slot you can do that from the outside and he's showing he can do that i think he's gonna show start putting himself into like people are gonna take him first overall in fantasy in redraft and we're talking he's gonna push the the, the limits of wide receiver over running back and he's doing that right now uh, yes. with what he's done and i love I love what he's doing and I love how he's kind of redefining a little bit how we think about fantasy points and, and taking running backs and maybe you know wide receivers are starting to do that, man. I love it. I think he's the clear 1.01 in dynasty, uh, not sure. super flex. I think yeah. he's kind of the clear 1.01 in redraft next year. I agree yeah. with you. Like what more could you want other than like, you know, 
all the floor in the world and all the ceiling in the world. Exactly. <laughs> He's got well, it all, man. Yeah. What do I, what am I, what's the problem here? <laughs> Let me just pick Justin Jefferson, move on. And, you know, you mentioned it, uh, this team, you know, taking away Jefferson. Part of the reason that's not easy to do is players like TJ Hawkinson, who, by the way, I love the way yeah. they're using Hawkinson. Me too. I mean, this is like awesome. I, I loved Hawkinson as a prospect. Uh, Thor Nystrom right now is pumping his fist. I know he's listening and just <laughs> going, yes, tell him. He loves Hawkinson. Uh, and now he gets Hawkinson for his hometown team. And this Man, is like, so cool. you know, the, the best thing ever. But Hawkinson now being used in the right way. They also have a, a fellow by the name of, uh, let me check my notes here, Dalvin Cook. Heard he's good. Right. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so they have this 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 multifaceted back who can really put pressure on you in a multitude of ways. If they play play action, all of a sudden, like you point out, Osborne and Thielen, yeah. pretty damn good for your fourth and fifth best you know weapons on that team. Vikings are dangerous. Um, their defense not so not so uh, imposing, and I think that's been their mm-hmm. biggest issue. It has not been the Kirk Cousins offense; it's been that defense, and that's what could make this game super fun. If Christian Watson plays, I love him this week. But yes. problem is, he I don't know, man. It's uh, it could be a problem there with him. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how they go. But uh, the other game that <clears throat> that I wanted to touch was Bills at Bengals, and we talked about it. You know, there was this. The holy grail of DFS, uh, excuse me, best ball, re, you know, drafts uh, in the offseason was targeting this game, you know, just stacking it up with Burrow, Chase, Higgins, yeah. or Allen, Davis, Diggs, or now we get all that. Oh, man. It's so <laughs> all fun. that on Monday night. Can't wait. What do you think about this game? This is, like you, you said it a little bit earlier, this is a playoff game. Yeah. That's what this feels like. It's what it's going to feel like when you're watching it. This might be the most anticipated Monday Night Football game that we've seen, not just this season, but in the last couple of seasons. It's got, you know, not doesn't really have playoff implications per se, but for the Bills, it does. The Bills yeah. have to win this game if they want the one seed, because I don't think anyone sees the Chiefs losing to the Broncos and the, the Raiders to end the season, so... You kind of have to win this game. So from that aspect, the Bills, the way that they played offense over the last couple of, actually, I won't say weeks, last month plus, yeah. has not been everything. As a, as a Stephon Diggs fantasy owner, right. What what's happened? Where's the ball going? Not to Stephon Diggs. That's not I been happening. A, I had a Josh Allen Diggs redraft stack team that did not <laughs> win the title. Let me just tell you that. That's, we lost and, last week. That's devastating. Yeah. That is devastating to everybody out there because yeah. that's that should be almost a guaranteed you're in. It was it a should. CMC team too. McCaffrey, <laughs> yeah, dude, so good. And it did not – it <laughs> fucking fell flat last week. So thank you. But that's yeah. that's fantasy. But anyway, exactly. you're right. Like, because of those there. reasons, it's been like a little bit disappointing. This is a get-right game, right? It kind of has to be. But I, I'm going to go out and say I, I, as a, a Chiefs fan, I love the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Like this team – it's not just fun. They're really good. And it took Zach Taylor a year and a half to figure out to stop running the ball exclusively from under center. Right. I don't, if you just go back and watch their games last year, every time they got under center, they ran the ball. This was a, oh, under center, just stuff it. They, they, there's nothing they could do about it. And they finally brought out their, their shotgun run game. They've been extremely efficient and effective out of the shotgun this season. And that's made them basically unstoppable on offense they can now run the ball they can throw it they can do play action out of it all of their things that they've done offensively have really come of taking the the more efficient path last year they were extremely inefficient with throwing the ball down the field and obviously burrow was one of the the best 
downfield throwers in terms of accuracy, ball placement, everything. And that's just not sustainable. You can't right. do it every single year. And they finally were like, okay, we can't just have Joe Burrow lobbing it up to guys in double coverage every single every single week. We got to find more ways of sustainability in this offense. The run game has been there and the play action off of it has really been exceptional. And this game, two really good defenses too. The offenses yeah. are fun. The Bengals defense is like legit top 10 defense in the NFL. They're, playing They're great. really good. Here's so, the thing, you you so you fun. alluded to it, but the Bengals right now are 11 and 4. Both yeah. the both the Bills and the Chiefs are 12 and 3. We can assume that the Chiefs will win. Let's just kind of chalk that up. Yeah. That's why this game is so big for the Bills cuz they need to win to keep pace and keep that number 1 seed. Otherwise they 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 seed that number 1 seed yeah. to the Chiefs if the Chiefs win and B- Bills lose. But not only that, if the Bills lose to the Bengals, then the Bengals and the Bills have the same record and that puts the Bengals as yeah, the, two seed the 2 seed and the Bills as the 3 seed which is kind of a big deal because then they put themselves in position to have the home playoff game. If both the bills and the Bengals were to advance after the wild card weekend, which we would assume they would, but regardless, uh, once they do that, the Bengals would host this game again in uh, week two of the playoffs. If neither one of them could, you know, surpass the chiefs, which probably won't happen. I do think the chiefs will end up as the one seed and this game could be for the two, three seed, it's certainly for the one seed for the Bills. They need it yeah. to win. The the Bengals also on the flip side. You say that you know if they lose this game and Baltimore wins this week, they're tied with Baltimore and they play in week seven, uh, 18, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Right. So it's like there's a lot of implications for all this right now. They they all want this. This is going to feel like a playoff game because for both of these teams, it quote unquote is. I mean, it, it's it's a big big spot. It's also one of those where how much do they show right? You know, it's not going to be a kitchen sink yeah. game. They're not going to show everything they do. It's going to be a little bit of that, like, uh, that MMA bout where in the first round they just kind of throw jabs. Like, oh, let's just, uh, yeah, you know, let's just see a little bit here, you know? It's going to be one of those. I don't think there's going to be a haymaker game out the gate, although I'd love to see it. I just, yeah. I'm, yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. And I guess I, I kind of buried the lead a little bit saying this doesn't have playoff implications. It's got a ton. And I was just completely, uh, you know, wrong about that. So that's, that's cool. Like, well, yeah, you that. forget that the Ravens are 10 and five. That's why. Yeah, that's, You're like, that's, wait. That's, that's what it is. Like, I forgot. Like, I, I looked and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. A losing record, to be honest with you. Yes. Like, it's like, the, well, the Ravens winning just how the Ravens do, right? Like, just 17, week, 16 and shit. You know what I mean? Um, the worst. Yeah, so They're bad. The worst team, man. I can't stand. I can't stand the Ravens sometimes. <laughs> like I yes. want, I want them to just build that offense around Lamar. But obviously, Lamar's hurt. I just, oh, Bateman's hurt. The I mean, it's wide like receivers, man. Yeah, they can't get it, man. Um, they'll draft another wide receiver this year. Uh, they should. R.I.P. Miles Boykin. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, wide receiver one for sure. Um, what else? Oh, I wanted to ask. Let's do. Let's have some fun stuff. So. Cam Akers. Yes. All right. Cam Akers. So <laughs> Cam Akers on that team that I, uh, my worst playoff team that made it in. And that's why up. you made it. Of course. Yeah. Cam Akers. You know, it's like I have another Super Bowl team with guess who? Cam Akers. Like Cam Akers is league winner. I had tweeted a fucking six weeks ago that I think underdog asked who's the player available on your, on your waiver yeah, wire that could that be tweet. a league winner. Yeah. Cam Akers. I was like, it's Cam Akers. <laughs> And sure enough, this motherfucker running back one. I mean, the fact that Jarek McKinnon and Cam Akers are, you know, the running back one <laughs> over the last three weeks, 
warms my cold, dead heart. It's unbelievable. I love that. You know, Cam Akers, it's, it's almost like injuries have different lasting effects and can be different for literally every single player. Yeah. And if you just watch the games from earlier, that wasn't Cam Akers. That was the shell of Cam Akers trying to figure it all out still. This right now, he's still not fully back. No, he's not. He doesn't he doesn't have that elite lateral athleticism that he displayed earlier in his career. Like he doesn't have that. So when we're looking at what Cam Akers is doing right now, it's because the the Rams said we are going to just give you the work. We tr- we get we got we cut Daryl Henderson. We're done with him. And we want you to, to be more confident. And obviously yeah. he requests the trade because he felt like they did not want him to be there. Honestly, drafted a running back and they were playing Daryl Henderson more than him. And then this guy uh, rivers off of the practice squad. Right. Like they didn't want, it felt like they didn't want him there. And I totally right. get that. So yeah, screw that. And he's like, I want to be part of this. I, I totally understand all of that. So they went ahead and they said, we're going to give you the bulk of the work. And they have, and it's been weird. The offensive line's bad. It's been bad, but yeah. whatever is happening, they're getting a little bit more push. Baker Mayfield, I don't really understand if he's had more impact on the offense as a whole. Probably not, but more so than Perkins or, I forget the other guy's name, um, Wolford. Definitely more to, the, to that extent. But Cam Akers, again, is getting healthier. He looks more explosive. And when you can finally take advantage of some of the holes that are being given to you as the workhorse guy, uh, you're, we're seeing it. You're getting two touchdowns a week, essentially. Yeah. Well, what part of the reason that I had said Cam Akers when that question was asked, one of the reasons that I that I said that was, well, number one, Cam Akers has a, an elite skill set if healthy. We don't know if he's healthy. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a doctor. I know everybody thinks I am. I'm actually not. Um, number two, it's one of those, you know, um, you know, we weren't sure about that backfield, and sure enough, uh, yeah. Henderson gets cut. What I mean, like. It got even more, you know, uncertain uh, as the weeks went on. But also from weeks 12 through weeks 18, they didn't face a top 20 run defense. And I was like, well, if they're going to face shitbag run defenses for the rest of the way, and if somehow or another Cam Akers can find himself on the field, then he can deliver. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. Uh, he went from playing about 20, 20 to 30% of the snaps from weeks 4 to week 12 to over 70% of the snaps since. So, yes, it required that he got on the fucking field, obviously. It wasn't going to be from the bit. But, you know, someone was going to do something there, you know, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. presumably going to be Ronnie fucking Rivers, you know? So, right? You know, so it was like, well, is it Kyron Williams? Is it Daryl Henderson? Well, all of a sudden, it wasn't Daryl Henderson. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, it's Cam Akers, isn't it? And sure enough, it is. And and they've been just good enough with, with, um, you know, Baker Mayfield. I mean... Who saw that coming? I mean, again, it's not like Baker's all that good, but he's definitely better than John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like, he's a top 30 NFL quarterback. Those guys are fringe top 60 NFL quarterbacks. Like, maybe they shouldn't even be backups. So when you look at that and you say, okay, their offensive line is bad, but hey, it only takes a few plays and and they're playing against shitty run defenses. Exactly. Those are that's how the 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 you know the cookie is made. Um, so that, that, that's where we're at and they get another sort of, it's a, not a road game. It's a half home game with the, with the chargers. Um, the chargers are not great against the run, uh, haven't been for two years now. So 
that's a good matchup for them. I, I, I don't hate it. So Akers could actually be the league winner. Um, if he, almost no matter what happens from here forward, what are you, how are you sort of looking at Cam Akers as a dynasty asset? Yeah, that this is where it gets a little bit murkier because totally. could this be just a flash in the pan? Absolutely. It, it definitely could. It could be the, you know, the scheme working the magic that something that wasn't happening earlier in the season. But I think that the big offseason problems are going to be trying to find out how they can improve the offensive line. We know, at least I assume that Matthew Agreed. Stafford is going to play one more year. I think he's got one one more year at least. And I think he wants to go out playing full season that isn't hampered by injury. That's my own opinion. We'll see how that plays out. But I do think behind an offensive line that's better, and with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, maybe some more weapons healthy. I mean, we're talking about Cam Akers as the guy because this is what they did. They said, we're going to let you be the guy. And he's proving that he should at least get the opportunity again next year to be the guy. And in that offense... Again, with the passing attack, the ability to score a touchdown, the high upside that Sean McVay gives you as the head coach in the scheme, we're talking about a, a possible, okay, a possible top 10 dynasty running back. Yes. I don't know that he's right there. No, right no. now, no. no. But I think we're talking about, the the again, the trajectory of him being there again. We saw him coming into the season hit a huge high note. He was like, everyone was like, you know, actually it was really more of a, is he going to be healthy or not? So I think coming into last season, I overspoke. Right. Um, coming into last season, everyone was like, Cam Akers is going to get it. He's going to have all of this work. And then he got hurt. Okay. Yep. Comes healthy. Has more of the same success next year. He's going to be a hot commodity. And not just a league winner this year, but a top 10 dynasty running back. Yeah, I um, I, I sort of see him. Look, he's a 23-year-old kid. I think a lot of what <laughs> happened... Seriously, right? He's a a child. Uh, I think a lot of what happened this season with him, I think, was more attitude than anything. I'm not so sure that he was a good sort of citizen, if you will, you know, for for in the locker room. I mean, something broke down because, you know, talent wise, if you just say, okay, who's the most talented back in that in that room? It's Cam Akers over Daryl Henderson, even who's a. I don't know what the hell's going on with Daryl Henderson too. All of a sudden, never nowhere. All nobody wants him. Right. It's great. I'm not saying he's like some look, if you were ranking just backs like benign of situation, just saying, okay, pick the best running backs uh, in the NFL. We'll just start picking. He'd be in the forties or fifties at least. I mean, like he'd get picked somewhere in there. Like he's a, you know, you'd be happy to have him as a backup. It would appear, but (laughs) no, I guess. As we say (laughs) that, you know, the Broncos are signing Tyler Batty off the Ravens practice squad to the 53-man roster. So we're talking about Latavius Murray right. and the, the the whatever ghost of Marlon Mack and now Tyler Batty all playing in Denver over Daryl Henderson. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, So Daryl Henderson, I, I, I don't fucking know. I mean, what's in the water in that Rams locker room? So, but, you know, I think Cam Akers, you know, getting outplayed by, in that situation and mm-hmm. You know, they were talking about releasing him and trading him. And I think that was more, I don't think it was play on the field. I mean, I don't think he was yeah. playing all that well, but it wasn't because of that. I think it was just sort of, he was being a knucklehead potentially. And somehow or another, he's back. Over the last two weeks, he's he's averaging over five yards a carry and over uh, 11 and 12, 12 yards a catch. So Ooh. like he's been very, very productive, very explosive. Something's back. 
Uh, he, he scored three touchdowns in the last, you know, in the last two weeks, six touchdowns in the last four weeks. Um, you know, he's been at, at best, a, 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 excuse me, at worst an RB 23 over the last four weeks. So he's been an RB one or RB two for four weeks straight. He gets the charger team that should score mm-hmm. and force the Rams to put up points and they have a bad run defense. He's locked in as an RB two this week. And I will say if he, if he shows out these last two weeks, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to not maintain some sort of a top 20, top 25 yeah. running back position in dynasty. I just don't know if, if, if he'll be playing in uh, in LA next year. I would imagine he will be. Mm-hmm. And as you point out, I think you get Stafford back, cut back. This whole thing kind of cobbles together. If they can get an offensive line, I think, boom, he has that upside of top 10 running back again next year, which I don't know how many years I'm going to be saying this about my boy Cam Akers. His rookie year, I said, his second year hurts himself this year. I mean, hey, we'll just keep saying it to infinity. It's coming back just like Deontay Foreman, right? Am I, am I right here? It's coming. That's all it is, man. You got to wait. You just gotta wait like a year and a half, two years, and then boom, <laughs> it's back. <laughs> um, back. Oh, my God. We've got the Teddy Bridgewater is back in action. All right. For Tua. Um, I'll ask it this way, my friend. Does this lower Waddle and Tyreek, and and if so, how much for you this week? Marginally, like okay. this is still we're we're talking about fifty plus percent of the targets going to these two anyway, and it yep. doesn't necessarily matter how it gets there. If it gets there, guess what? They're live to score a touchdown anytime I touch the ball. So I'm not I'm not really gonna do too much. We know that the RPO game is much more for Tua than it is for Teddy. They're gonna do more play action run game. Honestly, play action off the run game for this for these guys. We're talking about lots of space. I love that idea. So yeah. It's all about functioning in the offense. I, I think that Bridgewater obviously lowers the floor of the offense, but in terms of these guys for what they can do in their their week to week ratio and scoring touchdowns, scoring points, the the large percentage of the targets should still continue to Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. So it doesn't bother me too much at all. Got it. I agree. Um, I, uh, I I don't know quite what to make of this. I mean, Teddy's been so like such a great pro, but yeah. he didn't look all that good earlier this year. Um, we'll have to see how he how he plays again in New England. Not an easy place to play. Um, although if New England does anything well, it's like stop the run and stuff. They're kind of tough yeah. and physical. They don't have a ton of team speed, and that certainly scares me when it comes to uh, obviously Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, that's that's the one issue for their defense. I think that you pointed out like they've been able to get some pressure and on on defense. They've got some really nice defensive ends they have you know Matthew Judon who has had a I think it's a career year this year you have a couple of other young players coming up for them and, and that's really helped their pass rush but their linebackers can you know, be susceptible in the passing game as well I, I think that yeah I mean it doesn't really matter for Miami they don't want to use Mike Kosicki anyway so that doesn't just kind of doesn't matter anyway but over the middle of the field which is where they want to attack anyway with the quick passing game to a Jalen Waddle can get in there, cause some damage, and just I want to see one, both of them take it to the house in yeah. one way, shape, or another in this week. But you also mm-hmm. might see them try to to, uh, to get some screens, maybe get the ball out of Teddy's hands a little bit early and stress the New England defense side to side with that speed that they have. Yeah, totally. They played in week one. I think both these teams have taken a, a, a long turn to get <laughs> where they are now. 
Um, and so I don't think there's too much you can take from week one, but, um, yeah, I I mean, you really, if you, here's the thing, if you have Tyreek and Waddle, you got to play him. It's kind of like what we were talking about, even with Devontae Adams, who I'm not excited to play. It's like, how do you put someone else in over him? I mean, you can say, oh, I moved him to my wide receiver three instead of my wide receiver one, like, (laughs) like in your own personal lineup, but like, you're going to fade him all the way past, you know, I don't, you just can't, you have to play him and, and just kind of sit there and hope and pray. I mean, if you have a type of lineup where it's like, Oh, I have Amon Ra, AJ Brown and Keenan Allen. It's like, okay, maybe you can sit Devante because he's your wide receiver four, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. you know, but even still, it's really, really hard to sit your studs. And right now Tyreek and Waddle are studs. And yep. because of the point that you make that they can take a, a little under route and house it, that's why you got to play them. It's not like they need volume. This isn't a DeAndre Hopkins situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a the totally different deal. Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, he gets uh, <laughs> his quote unquote starting quarterback back uh, this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> imagine, imagine week seventeen. I'm telling you, in the offseason, you will be happy to hear the name Colt McCoy activated <laughs> as the starter for the, the Cardinals this week. That's that's me. I'm like, you have 1.4 points last week out of out of DeAndre Hopkins. Where's yes. Colt McCoy? <laughs> yes. I, I called it last week. I did say I don't want to play DeAndre. I would fade him past almost any player. I did not like it. This mm-hmm. week is a bit different. They play at Atlanta. It's it's kind of ugly. The Atlanta secondary is not not very good. There's there's nobody there to fear. So I, I like DeAndre Hopkins, especially with Colt McCoy. I think Colt is is good. Like he's a top 40 NFL quarterback, right? Like Much he's like a, Teddy Bridgewater. Good, yes, he's a good little backup um, against a bad team like Atlanta, bad defense. I feel like he can be good enough, deliver the ball to his his weapons, and he won't be prolific, but he'll be solid. And I think that's all you need. And DeAndre Hopkins, I, I think I said it last week, was like he's a pretty sure bet to get to 10 targets, but he may not make 10 targets work. And sure enough, that's exactly what he got. He got 10 targets. Um, I actually said last week, though, I think he you know, he can get 10 targets and go four for 38. He did way worse than that. He got oh, 10 yeah. targets and went one for four. One catch, four yards. DeAndre Hopkins, congratulations on those 10 targets. But it was that. It was like, I see that he was going to get the targets. So generally speaking, when you're, you know, when you're setting your lineup, if you could just play all the, the the guys who get the most targets, you would probably win every week. You know what I mean? If you can do that correctly. So it was a okay play, but the Trace McSorley target is a, is a bad target in the NFL. It is. And then we talk about quality of targets, like, okay, as long as they're getting the targets, the target share is what matters. Well, to an extent, to an extent. you, you kind of still need someone to get it in the area. And that's the problem is that Trace McSorley couldn't get it in the area. We know that DeAndre Hopkins has probably one of the highest catch radiuses in the NFL. The radius was just somewhere that Trace McSorley couldn't find. And that's the problem. Colt McCoy can get it there. We've seen it. He gets it to the radius. So that's all you need. So, yes. yeah, I love the bump up this week from Trace McSorley, McSorley to Colt McCoy. <laughs> Funny enough, I, I – they were in that. They were winning that game too. I know, crazy. I don't know what happened, but I, I can't believe that a Trace McSorley led team was beating Tom Brady. Oh. Was beating them by oh. ten points in the fourth quarter. So but bad. Here, here we are again. The Bucks are so targets. terrible. I, I <laughs> so sent this tweet like six weeks ago. I was like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are awful, and I just keep I keep retweeting. <laughs> 
retweeting it every week. And I'm like, this is an evergreen tweet. Like you could just send this <laughs> anytime you want. It's fucking pertinent. You know, yes, the sir. pertinent every week tweet, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are dreadful. Uh, click, you know, just resend, yeah, right. retweet, <laughs> recycle, you know? Um, by the way, Hey, how about fucking Devonte Smith? Woo! Did you it's almost see that like shit? BMI don't fucking matter sometimes. Oh, <laughs> folks, was he good last week? I mean, he was He's just so good. good. I, oh. This has been like last last year. This is how good he was last year. Yeah. But they didn't have the, the 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 Jalen Hurts this year that they had. They didn't have it last year. They didn't have AJ Brown last year either. Which I mean, AJ Brown does does so much to the defensive gravity that you're kind of everyone's like. Hey, this Devontae Smith guy, he's open all the time. He was open all the time last year, and they didn't have anybody to get the ball to him in the middle of the field. Like, that's the biggest step forward from Jalen Hurts last year to this year. He's getting the ball where it needs to be, and that's – go back to his college days. He improved every single year. He just – he gets better. He gets incrementally better each year. He's an elite runner, and now he's distributing the football at all levels of the field with accuracy, and Devontae Smith – he already is one of the best, if not the best, one of the best route runners in the NFL. That's he just is. He understands how to get open, even at the NFL level for a guy his size. It's almost unheard of. He just has this innate ability to read within the route. And that's it's something again, you can't teach. Like he just he knows what he's yes. supposed to do. It's like like a sixth sense he has. Okay, this this corner. He's about to break out, so I'm breaking in. Like he just he just knows how to get open. So I love what's happening with Devontae Smith this year. Outside of that first week dud, he has been a, a wide receiver too, wide receiver yeah. every single week. He's just yes. been your guy. And I love it. He was, you know, my my wide receiver one coming out. The dude is he's incredible. I love seeing this for him. And that Philadelphia Eagles offense, even with Gardner Minshew is super dangerous. Yes. Did you see, I'm sure he did, um, he had the one sideline catch down the, down the field that was amazing, <laughs> yeah. keeping, keeping the feet in. But there was there was one on the final drive. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of coming across the middle, and, and, and uh, you know, Minshew threw it up to him across the middle, and it was kind of high and behind yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? Where he's, it, it looks like he's just this piece of wire that's just extending into the air. Yes. <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. I was saying that that throw to like 90 to 99% of other receivers is picked. Probably. Yeah. Because they can't get to it. It's just, it's one yeah. of those things where they go, Oh shit, that's over my head. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's fucking picked, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? They sort of look up at it. Like, what the fuck was that, bro? Like, but he was like, no, I got that. I can get there. Uh-huh. And he got there. Fingertip caught it. And then, Ugh. I mean, that, that catch was huge. And it put them in position to almost win the game. Yeah. They didn't, but they, you know, that was a huge, huge play. And it was like he made big plays after big plays. And when you start seeing that from a wide receiver in his second year, you're like, okay, this is a real dude. Like this is he 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 is shades. If you squint, he looks a little bit like Justin Jefferson out there and and, and yes. from time to time, right? Like Absolutely. so this is a real player. And I'm gonna ask now, because this is what I've been thinking, like. First of all, mea culpa. I had Justin Jefferson, excuse me, <laughs> I almost did, Devontae <laughs> Smith, too low in my rankings, but he's moving up and moving way up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen it. I've, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm there. How high is Devontae Smith in Dynasty? Are you ready for a little game we call this or that? 
Which guy I'm, would you take in Dynasty? Are you ready? Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, I love it. All right. We'll start with Devontae. Devontae. Devontae Smith or Devontae Adams in Dynasty? Who you got? Devontae Smith. Right. Devontae it's a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. Devont- it is a no-brainer. Devontae Smith <laughs> or tougher one, Drake London? Devontae Smith. I love it. Devontae Smith or DK Metcalf? Devontae Smith. Woo! Devontae Smith or Stefan Diggs? Oh, this is the tough one. Um, Diggs. Devontae Smith or Chris Olave? Devontae Smith. Oh, he's right there. Okay, Devontae yeah. Smith or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. All right, here, here's one that I, I – a couple, two more. Devontae Smith or Garrett Wilson? Devontae Smith. And here's one that I saw someone tweet. I don't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter. Devontae Smith or T. Higgins? I will say T. Higgins. It Right? So for a while, T. Higgins was like the no-brainer over this. But they're really very similar. They're the wide receiver two on a good team yeah. next to an elite wide receiver, a top five wide receiver. Yeah. And it's like, well, they're more similar than they are disparate. You know what I'm saying? So I mm-hmm. think they're much, much closer. It's like Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle. It's Waddle. But like Waddle, Higgins, Devontae Smith yeah. are in those same sort of wide receiver twos on teams that they're ne- they're never going to starve for targets. Yeah. Um, we were a little bit concerned with this Philadelphia team with Devontae in the Brandon Ayuk role where it was like, oh, maybe just because there's going to be fewer targets, which there kind of were. Mm-hmm. But what, what happened with this Philadelphia team was that Hertz became a player that could that could beat you either way, throwing it 40 times or 50 times a game or running it you know, uh, all game and only throwing it 20 times a game. I don't love that as a fantasy player because, it, you know, it, it can it, it, it can lower the uh, the ceiling for all of those receivers in that in that team. But for the most part, they get there every week, which has been mm-hmm. a welcome, uh, you know, sight for Devontae Smith owners. So I'm with you. He's right up there as a top 10 wide receiver in Dynasty, which Absolutely. is fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. I, yeah. I love it. The only the only thing you'll probably see going forward is the touchdown upside. Yep. That's probably going to be more because, again, he comes down at the one-yard line. Guess what? Jalen Hurts is taking that in yep. for himself. You don't have that with T. Higgins. T. Higgins can, can get a you know a fade on the one-yard line yep. and get a touchdown. That's, that's that's just the one area that I have. And I'm like, I don't know if we'll always get those touchdowns, but the dude is live to have 1,000 yards every single year, and that's awesome. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love it. Now, you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, right? Absolutely. I'm I'm a Patriots fan, you know. So, I would imagine, I don't know. It, I found a way I think to dunk on our two like favorite teams nemesis. Uh, All right. Would you say that you're like, you know, I mean, we don't hate anybody cuz we're, mm-hmm. you know, peace love, you know. I mean, we just smoked a a big hookah before the show. Like Absolutely. we're totally fun-loving guys. But if hate did exist, if it did, you would hate the Raiders, am I right? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's fun. It's kind of like you would hate like some little kid that you push around on the playground. But like that, I kind of hate the Jets. You yep. know what I mean? The Jets are like this cute little team that never does shit. We just, you know, steal their head coach for the 22 years that we've had them. <laughs> you know, they could have had Belichick, but they fucked that up. You know, so we that's how we sort of view the Jets. 
I saw, I saw this great, this great, uh, I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, stat. Let me just do this for you. This is great. The first 22 starts in their career comparing Zach Wilson and Jamarcus Russell. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> Passing yards. Zach Wilson, 4,000. Jamarcus Russell, 3,400. So okay. advantage, Zach Wilson. Passing touchdowns. Again, in your first 22 starts of their career, Zach Wilson, 15. Jamarcus Russell, 16. Advantage, Jamarcus, <laughs> Jamarcus. Russell. So now we've got one-to-one. Interceptions. Who had more interceptions? Jamarcus Russell had 15. Zach Wilson with 18. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jamarcus Russell wow. is better than Zach Wilson. Let's go to completion percentage. Jamarcus Russell, 52.7. Oh Zach Wilson, 55.2. They're even. They're even. Oh, my God. It comes down <laughs> to passer rating. Who was the best quarterback in franchise history for the, both the Jets and the Raiders? It comes down to Zach Wilson, Jamarcus Russell, passer rating, FT dubs. Jamarcus Russell, 70.8. Very good. Very good. 70.8. Zach Wilson, drum roll please, 70.9. Got him. Got him. Zach Wilson, way, way, way better than Jamarcus Russell. Don't want to hear it. We've proven it with stats. We've proven it way better. So congratulations, New York Jets. Anytime that someone says he's the biggest bust ever, you can say he was .1. (laughs) <laughs> better than Jamarcus Russell. Don't want to hear this fucking noise. All right. So you guys this are is incredible. Yeah. This might be the biggest upset ever. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen in the future with these guys. I mean, we all know what happened with Jamarcus, but oh, what's shit. Zach Wilson? I mean, we're Zach talking... Wilson. Hey, I think Zach Wilson's got like some future. Like he's one of these buy low quarterbacks. I mean, Darnold. Rosen f- was done, but like all these guys have gotten recycled. Mariota, Jameis, like they, they always find a way to mm-hmm. Baker, you know, I, I mean, none of them were really this bad though. Maybe Zach Wilson <laughs> just a bust out. Maybe I he's mean, just a straight bust out. Maybe Zach Wilson backs up and Patrick Mahomes for a couple of years. I don't Seriously. know. Maybe I know Chad Henney's getting old and, and Andy Reid wants to move on. That'd but be again, a good spot. Zach Wilson needs to be a backup behind one of these good quarterbacks to learn how to do it correct because he's killing my man elijah moore's value yes tell you right now it's it's ridiculous i have him if you guys if you guys follow me on twitter at in harm's way 19 you'll go into my bio and you'll see just please target elijah moore no matter what i am elijah moore stan and i've i actually i'll let you inside a little information earlier this season i traded away jamar chase for a package that was surrounded by with Elijah Moore, so you can you can Ouch. understand yes. how badly I am hurting that Elijah Moore is basically irrelevant. So thanks a lot, Zach. I appreciate what you did for my boy. No shit, he did kill. But he I mean, killed him. he was he killed everybody. I mean, he was really terrible. The only thing that saved his ass was was Brees Hall's greatness and an yeah. awesome defense. I mean, he would throw a little swing pass to Brees and he'd take it eighty for a touchdown and be like. Big play by Zach Wilson. You know? like, <laughs> dude, you know, he was really, really terrible. And their winning was not because of him, but actually Absolutely in spite not. of him. And, you know, Mike White showed this team what their true ceiling was. And we're talking about Mike 
fucking white. What you know, the floor was actually <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So I mean, you know, this Jets team is actually probably. I mean, outside of quarterback, they may be the most talented team in that division. Absolutely. Right? I mean, their defense is really dope. They've got good weapons. Their offensive line, I know they've suffered some injuries, but next year that offensive line should be really good. Like, that's a spot where, you know, we joked about it last week with Chalk. That's a Tom Brady spot potentially as well, Mm -hmm. although I don't think it's going to happen. By the way, I was was reading – Literally, while you took a break, these things happen. We take breaks. We just don't tell you motherfuckers about it. Michael <laughs> fucking P. Duncan just just fixes it. During the break, I was actually reading. There was an athletic article about uh, the Raiders' incoming Tom Brady. So it's out there, man. It's it's oh my it's, God. it's happening. I'm telling you, it's they're the favorite. It's going to be Raiders. It's going to be Vegas. It's going to be Gronk. It's going to be the whole thing. I'm telling you, it's happening. But um, but a sneaky spot for whether it's Jimmy G, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, Derek Aaron Carr. Rogers. Could be this yeah. Jets team, Mike White. Absolutely, right. I, I actually like Mike White. I, yes, uh, but and that's the thing. I, I don't know if they're going to draft another quarterback. I think they should still draft another quarterback. Um, but again, you said free agent quarterback spots. We've seen this happen a lot. Yeah, and especially over the last few years, you get the team around the bad quarterback right, and then you find a way to make one of these free agent guys work. Whether it's yeah. Jimmy G, and I think Jimmy Smith. G's live. Yes. I think Jimmy G's live to be in New York next year. So, yeah, the Jets are a win-now team, and they need a win-now quarterback. Yep. Geno Smith, Derek Carr, David Carr. Shit, I don't know. One of them. <laughs> one of these motherfuckers. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Brees Hall really changed the fortunes of that team at first. We sort of felt like there was some excitement. Let me ask you. We'll go out on this one. Um, Bijan Robinson. Um I know we're not all the way there, and maybe you're not all the way there, but just in terms of where you are right now, where is he rank, or you know, not rank, but where do you sort of place him in the hierarchy historically of college running back prospects? He is one of the since I've started scouting, which isn't a huge amount of time, by the way. I'll just let you guys know it's not a huge. He's the best one that I've scouted ever. Right. Um, I, I've only been doing this maybe four or five years, so right. um, take that for what you will. I didn't get. I watched Saquon at. Penn State. I'm a Michigan fan, so I got to see a lot of Saquon, and obviously yeah. that dude's different. He's built different. Bijan's built similarly. Yep. They're not the same. Nope. Saquon's better. Way in my, in my opinion, he's he's way better because of what he can do with speed. It's a little bit different. I don't think Bijan's slow by any stretch, but he's when, when you're able to take a screen pass to the house as a running back which I know Saquon could do, it, it does raise your ability and your floor in terms of a prospect a little bit. But watching Bijan Robinson play football yeah. is truly special. It's special because he's he's legitimately a wide receiver. Like yes. He's a huge physical wide receiver that plays running back. He's got incredible hands. He runs exceptional routes. He can go get the football. That's something you don't see a lot of running backs being able to do is go – up and catch a football yeah. one-handed it doesn't really matter he's got a really nice catch radius too and, and the short area quickness for a guy his size is exceptional yes and the vision paired it's exceptional. with it yes. exactly people they say oh yeah he can move in tight spaces they say move in a phone booth the dude can move in a literal like closet like yes. a tiny ass closet and that's the kind of thing he can do. He can move in, he can move out, and he can make you look like a fool 
in between the center and the guard. It's yes. so impressive what yes. he can do. He's far by far and away the best running back over the last, I don't know how many, three or four years yes. coming out. He's going to be a first-round running back, in my opinion. Probably going to be back into the first because teams are kind of treading lightly around for top 10 running backs at the moment. That's just kind of yes. how it works. But the dude's Well, yeah, incredible. when you look at the what you pay a running back, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, they're uh they're they're valued somewhere around the punter in terms of what they're paid in this in yeah. this league, which <laughs> exactly. is sad. I'm not uh, you know, I'm not proud of that or happy about that, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um so therefore it doesn't make any sense to invest in a running back in the top half of the draft because of the pay structure. That's just the way it goes. You want to take your cornerbacks, your tackles, your quarterbacks, your receivers up there because then at least they fit into a slot that makes sense monetarily. Uh, you know, for those who don't understand that, I'm so sorry. For those who do, welcome to the program. <laughs> uh, that's just how it fucking goes. Um, this is like you know already understood by you know anybody with half a brain, and that's all I've got is half. But you know, when you look at Bijan, I agree with you. I think he's right up there with with uh, with Barkley with JT. With, you know, Gurley, Zeke, he's that type of a prospect. I think he's going to be a top, uh, you know, 12 dynasty startup pick, yeah. uh, non-superflex. Obviously, superflex, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the quarterbacks kind of fuck that all up. But, I mean, he's a top 12 position player uh, in a startup draft. I think he is going to be, in many people's eyes, the running back one overall in dynasty the moment he's drafted. I don't know if that's correct or not, but it's certainly worth a conversation. And I think he's going to change a team's fortunes in the back half of the first round. I think I know who it is. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know how many times we're going to have to have these kind of conversations, but um, I think you all remember a back half of the first round running back that was drafted about three years ago. Now his oh name's Clyde Edwards Alaire. Just and remember, I'm- hey, just remember he was drafted <laughs> ahead of Jonathan Taylor, ahead of Cam Akers, ahead of DeAndre Swift, and ahead of J.K. Dobbins. I know those some of those guys got hurt, but let's just fucking say it. All of those players were clearly better prospects, especially, look, JT and Swift were clearly the top two. Imagine JT on this fucking Chiefs team. Come on, man. That would have just been unfair. Am I right? JT, yes. Yes. Um, The problem is that Kansas City saw a running back who had special receiving talents. Because he did. I don't know about. I don't, I don't think he did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna push back. He did not have anything special. You know what he had? He had Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. That's what he had. He did. You're you're right. And then he also he made space. countless running, uh, countless linebackers, coverage players look like fools multiple times running routes. But it, that's neither here nor but there. But so wouldn't DeAndre Swift. Yeah, but DeAndre Swift couldn't – and the difference between the two is, again – If you put DeAndre Swift on that LSU team, he'd have looked so much better. Let me ask you a question. How many touchdowns through the air do you think DeAndre Swift would have scored on his 60 catches? One or more than one? I guarantee Probably you he'd have housed more than shit. one. Yes, Probably you're, more you're, than you're, one, you're man. You're not wrong. This and motherfucker is a, is a good player, the CEH, on a great team. Not a great player on a good team. And, and that's what DeAndre Swift was, and especially – I mean, you look at – I think um, – JT scored like six receiving touchdowns that year on a team that threw the ball like I think it was like twelve times all year. Something like that. Wisconsin, Wisconsin just doesn't throw the fo- somewhere throw the football. Somewhere between twelve, yeah, twelve and twenty attempts that year. But like he was housing stuff because he's an exceptional athlete. And and Ceh as good as a player as he was, and he's a fine little player, was never a first round talent. 
and was malpracticed no. the day they drafted him. And I think what you're saying is they're going to be hesitant to pick Bijan at the back half of the first because of CEH. I don't know if that's good process, but you may be fucking right on the money. No, they absolutely won't take a running back. And it's got some to do with the fact that of Clyde and a little bit of, you know, don't take a running back in the first round with it too. But also they they need other other spots. They're gonna need a tackle. They're gonna need a defensive end. Like they got some other they got some other issues that they gotta deal with before a running back. And you know, when sure. you pick a running back in the seventh round who ends up turning into be a pretty decent uh, runner, and you pair him with a guy like Jarek McKinnon. I think they're pretty okay with trying to find guys in the in the later rounds that they could they can work out. We've seen, you know, Isaiah Pacheco. He's not been, you know, a world beater by any stretch in terms of scoring a ton of touchdowns, but he's been effective. He's been efficient over the course, specifically over the last couple of weeks. He's been more efficient as a player, and that's what they're looking for. Speed, efficiency, you can find that just about anywhere with the offensive it's line. True. The interior they've got. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. I mean, look, with the running back position, you want some juice, right? You want some yeah, juice, and that's sure. what Pacheco's had, man. He's just like, he gets the ball, and you're like, whoo, look at him go! Like, he's little and stuff, but you're like, fuck, that kid moves. That was the one thing that CH never, ever had. He was a good... I thought he was a skilled player. As you point out, like he was a, a good route technician. He ran good route. But again, against these, you know, linebackers at the collegiate level who can't, you know, I mean, come on, man. In the NFL level, they all run four five. You know, so and that's the problem. Yeah, of course it's a problem. You know what I mean? Like it was it, it's always the problem. It's like people, you know, will get on me when I do my process about running backs coming from college and I look at the 40 time and I'm like, guy runs a four six five too slow. And they're like, dude. What the fuck, bro? It's not that much worse than a fuck. It's like, I know. I know it's not bad. But in the NFL, you're getting caught. And the difference between getting the edge or just getting caught and not getting the edge, like negative two yards or positive four yards. Because when you're running to the edge and you can get to the edge and then turn it upfield, you pick up four yards. If you can't, you lose two yards. Like, it's a big difference, you know? And running away from guys on the angle, making safeties miss in the second level is because of speed. It's not because you're like, you know, fucking, you know what I mean? It's not because you're experienced, like, watch this, I'm going to fake this safety. No, you're just going to either beat the safety to the corner or you're going to get caught. You're either going to make the big player or you're not. And Pacheco's able to put pressure on, on NFL yeah. safeties because he's fast, something CEH could never do. But it's something that JT can do. And I would say Bijan would certainly be able to do it. I'm not saying they should take him. He's probably going to go earlier than that but i think mm-hmm. Bijan, we're gonna start to fantasize about where he's gonna land and uh i just i just thought it'd be fun to say he's gonna go to the chiefs oh, of course for sure i think he'd be fun i don't even think he'd be fun i think he'd be fucking electric in this yeah. offense i think that's just when you put a, a that kind of a profile athlete and running back in this in this offense with Andy, you know, with Andy Reid behind the helm, still Patrick. It doesn't fucking matter, honestly. Patrick Mahomes could have a, a, a <laughs> yes. high school offensive coordinator, and he'd still fucking put up a bunch of yeah. numbers. So it doesn't matter too much. I think that again, they have one of the best interior offensive lines in the NFL. And now that you know Trey Smith is healthy, they got some tackle fucking problems, but they're hopefully going to figure that out. Um, it doesn't matter a whole lot anyway. Patrick Mahomes makes everything better, and with Bijan would make this offense exponentially better and I, yeah. I, I agree with you on that i also just know that they are probably a big fuck no to draft a running back in the first round doesn't make sense for them specifically going into this more retooling pro- process that they're dealing with let's just do it let's just do it we'll end on this you guys we're just gonna have the conversation running back landing spot real quick just i, I you know it's funny i look through the league 
And it's like, there's still landing spots for running backs. I know I always say it too. Bijan will create his own landing spot, but like there, you'd still like to see him land where you're like, Oh, that's perfect. Kansas city is <laughs> the best one where it's like, Oh, that's lovely. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously Philadelphia would be amazing. You know, they've got the capital to move around and, and make that happen. Um, but they've got Miles Sanders, not to say that Miles Sanders boxes out Bijan cause he doesn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, Buffalo, obviously Kansas city is the chef's kiss. Uh, Minnesota still has Dalvin, you know, Cincinnati has Mixon. uh, the Niners have CMC Cowboys. Hmm. I mean, they can't do that. Can they possibly nobody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. They're a little bit of a interesting spot. Baltimore. Oh my God. You know, you'd like to think Dobbins is the guy there next year. Chargers have Eckler. Um, Giants have Barkley, although got a, what's that? I've got a, a very underrated one and no one's going to like this off the top, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you the way that I'm thinking about this. I like it. Let's go. If you look at what Arthur Smith is doing with the run game in Atlanta, Ooh. okay, they have a pretty bad offensive line, but yeah. guess what? Tyler Algier has got 800 yards on the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know that Desmond Ritter isn't probably going to be the quarterback next year. Let's just right. safely assume that he's probably not. Let's assume they upgrade. You've got Kyle Pitts back. You've got Drake London. And you have a run game with B. John Robinson. I'm just saying, Ooh. we know that Arthur Smith knows how to dial up a run game. True that. I love the fit in Atlanta because of what Arthur Smith does in the run game. He would open up everything for the, the passing game, too. You get a semi-decent quarterback back there. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, the B. John Robinson dirty bird. I, I love it. I, I personally love the fit. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I love it. I love it. Well... On that note, we'll uh, we'll let Atlanta fans go change their pants <laughs> and get back to the next week's program where we uh, where we where we see who else we can put in Atlanta to make <laughs> them have any hope whatsoever. Right. Oh my God! Thank you for coming on, man. You were great. I, I think that was a fun show. We had some yeah, technical man. difficulties. I don't think the, the 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 listeners will know anything about it because Michael P. Duncan's greatness, but um, we made it. We did make it. I'm, I'm very grateful to be on the show. G- grateful for you working with me on some of my own technical difficulties and stuff that we dealt with. But again, I'm sure you guys won't even think twice about it when you hear this. So hats no. off to Michael P. Duncan. As you said, and again, I appreciate you having me on. This was a ton of fun. And getting you on the pod a couple weeks or a few months ago, we're going to have you back on the Fantasy Football Astronauts pod. This is going to be a great, a great time. So again, I appreciate it. Yeah, the fantasy astronauts are our friends. You're my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, Tell the people where they can find you one more time on YouTube so that they can go check it out because it's actually a really good channel. Thank you very much for that. Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter at InHarmsWay19. I'm also at RGRFootball.com. That's where all of my Chiefs film analysis will be. I do live streams there multiple times a week. And then I have the Fantasy Football Astronauts podcast that I do weekly when I can. Uh, Sometimes, you know, with sickness and daughters and stuff like that. We we skip a week, but we always try and get back. We're going to have some more Dynasty uh, talk going into the offseason there very, very shortly. So appreciate you all for checking that out if you can. And thank you once again for having me on. Thank you so much. And on behalf of everybody here, at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer that ever walked the land, Mr. Michael P. Duncan. You have been joined by the great Daniel Harms, and I 
am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Out.